Is this the excited crowd or no? All right, you got to, hey, you got you to gotta help me out here, all right? We are currently, we're actually in the, in, in the third part of a six-part series um, that we're calling I Honor. Excuse me, not I Honor, I Belong. I Honor is what I'm going to teach you today, called I Belong. Uh, one of the things that we said, or the overarching thing that we said about the series that we're in, is we made one statement so that we would know exactly who we are here as the family of God. And here was the statement. Because I have a relationship with God, I now have a relationship with God's family. Because I have a relationship with God, I now have a relationship with the family of God. And listen, there's so much truth in that. We want you to leave not just today, but after this series is over, and and we want you to say, we are family. In fact, since Pastor Travis started a standard a couple weeks ago, and then Pastor Vance jumped in, I thought I would too. There you go. That's my family. All right. Those are my. Yeah. All right. I'll clap for them. But you know what? This is my family. No amens on that one. Hey, listen, according to the scripture, not only was that my family, this, Brian, am I right? This is our family. You are my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I'll say this, as soon as we figure that part out, we'll be a whole lot better off. You have brothers and sisters, whether you've ever had any physical brothers and sisters or not. And many of them are in the room today. We are a family here at Hope. That's what we are. And that's what we want to talk about as we talk about this whole series of I Belong. All right? Before we move on today into uh, I Honor, which is what we're going to be studying today in Philippians chapter 2, I want to kind of set some boundaries and kind of set a a, a precedent here by, by just saying two things to kind of get you up to speed. Maybe this is your first time or maybe you didn't really get over the past couple of weeks the, 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 the place that we're trying to go here. So let me just go back and reset a couple of things. The, the first week, Pastor Travis mentioned something and then Pastor Vance said it again this past week. But there was one statement that you probably walked away with and you remember this one. And here's what it was. Church is not an event we attend. It's a family to which we belong. Church is not an event to come to. Church is a family in which we belong. Now, I know that our culture is kind of opposite of that. Like the only family we have are those people who are physically in our family, our parents, our grandparents, our brothers and sisters, our aunts and uncles, our, our cousins. But according to the Scripture, as a church, that's what we are. And all throughout Scripture, this is mentioned. In fact, the second thing I want to, to, to kind of set some groundwork on are these one another statements that we talked about the last couple of weeks. More than 40 times in the scripture, no matter what writer was writing, the one another statements are mentioned to churches. In fact, they were written to churches to say, understand who you are. The thing that's kind of hidden, if you will, in the scriptures here that I want to show to you just right out today is that when one another's are mentioned, there are really two kinds of one another's. If you think about it long enough, you'll be able to agree with this. 
Sometimes you can say another, and you could be talking about somebody who's not in the family. I used to, my parents would take me when I was a little boy every Friday night to uh, a, a town north of us, and we would always eat at Burger King, praise the Lord. <laughs> way changed. Second thing we'd do is we'd always go to Kmart. Some Gibsons at times, if you remember, anybody remember Gibsons, right? It's a long time ago. We always headed to the toy section. But my brother and I always got in trouble at Gibson's or Kmart. I guess at Burger King we were eating and we were fine. We weren't there that long. But, but once we got into the store, we'd hide and we'd, we'd, we'd play chase in the store. And, and, and I would always get in trouble. In fact, when I'd get home, I'd always get punished uh, almost every time because I remember how disobedient I was. Um, but I used to ask my dad, I was like, you know, there were other kids in the store that were acting much worse than me. You know what he'd always say? They're not in my family. They're not my kids. Right? He said, I don't punish other people's children. Only I'm responsible for my family, for my kids. So when you... When you think about these one another statements, understand that there were two words the Greek users, the, the, the Greek speakers used to use to describe what uh, it meant to be a one another, right? One of them meant different from or different than, and the other one meant the same as. Heteros, to be different than. Alos, to be the same. And every time the one another's are used here, it was always alos. We're the same. We're together. We're alike. Our father, there's a father, but there's also a family, and we're in that family. He is our father. We are alike. And so today as we begin to talk, understand that these one another's weren't just given to those who were going to receive it in Philippians or in Colossians or, or, or in 1 Thessalonians. No, it was given to us. We are a family. So when we read the scripture and it talks about the one another's, understand that that's talking about specifically here. Not that we can't do one another's about caring and loving and serving and honoring other people who aren't in the family of God. But listen, most of the time, we are better at that than we are people inside our own family. I thought it might get quiet. I don't think we actually see each other as brothers and sisters. I can tell it in how we date when we're young. I can see it in how we treat each other and how we subvert each other and how we mistreat each other. We kind of take each other for granted, right? Listen, we are brothers and we are sisters in Christ. We are a family. It's important for us to understand this because when the New Testament writers wrote, they didn't know, but God did, that he'd be talking to us. And so today, as we get started, um, but before we get started with honor here, I want to just kind of go back and remind you what Pastor Vance talked about last week. We got responsibilities in the family. And do you remember what he said too? I thought it was kind of funny. He said the only people in a family who don't have responsibilities are babies. Pastor Vance said it, not me. Listen, if you're in the family, you've got responsibility. 
We have responsibilities not just in the family. We have responsibilities to, to each other. And Pastor Vance said last week, our, the, the first responsibility we talked about was the responsibility of loving each other. I love. I love. And here's what Pastor Vance said. He said, because I belong, I'm responsible to love those. Excuse me, to love others as Christ has loved me. I'm responsible to do that. This week, we're going to talk about honor. I honor. Here's the statement. Because I belong, I'm to consider others as more important than myself. Let that soak for just a second, okay? Because I belong, I am to consider others as more important than myself. Now, I realize this is totally opposite of American culture, okay? Not just American culture, human culture, human nature. To consider somebody else is more important than myself. So what we're going to do is I'm just going to ask three questions. And when we finish today, when these three questions are finished, we'll know what it means to do this. Because I'll be honest, I'm not sure we know what this word means. What does it mean to honor somebody? What does it mean to show honor, to prefer somebody over myself, to see other people as more important than I see myself? That's totally opposite of who you are as a human being. But it's not opposite of who he is if he has your life. So let's just, let's just look at these questions. Um, and before we do, Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. If you don't, it'll be on the screen anyway. No big deal. All right, Philippians 2, 3, and 4. The Bible says this. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. But with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Don't merely look out for your own personal interests, but also the interest of other words. In other words, honor those who are in the household of God. Honor them. Show them honor. Consider them as more important than yourself. Would you say that that's consistent and intentional in your life? Let me just dream a dream for a second, okay? Dream it with me. What if we did that? What would we be like? How would our world see us? How would those outside the family, outside the faith, see us? If we saw each other as more important than ourselves... So let's look at these three questions, and the first one's going to be really obvious, and, and to be honest with you, it's going to be the longest, so once we finish part one, don't worry about the next two, they're going to be short, okay, promise, all right, just give me a heads up, I know how some of you go, all right, so here we go, question one, question one, what is honor, what is honor, probably the best way to answer this question, what is honor, is to tell you what honor isn't. Right? Why do you say that? Because that's what Paul did when he began to write there in chapter 2 and verse 3. Here's what he says. The first thing he says is this. Honor isn't selfishness. That's not what honor is. Paul says it like this. Do nothing from selfishness. Another way this could be translated, and this is the way I actually memorized it when I was younger. 
selfish ambition. It describes a person who works for the good of himself. It also describes someone who's self-seeking. Listen to this. As in a political office. Hello. Especially by unfair means. It came to be known as squabbling or even jockeying for position to have place and to have power. It's ambition that has no connection of service, but only aimed at profit and at power. James translated it like this, selfish seeking, bitter envy, selfish seeking. You see, this church was probably not unlike us. This church was a church that struggled with selfishness. Not as a whole, but the individuals that were a part of the family. Paul put this first because this was their main issue. He didn't put it first because he thought it might help them because there were a couple of people. No, he said it because he knows the human nature that we have. Our first inkling is to go for ourselves, right? To look and see what's best for us. If you're going to consider others as more important than yourself, you will not be a person exhibiting selfishness at the same time that you're honoring somebody else. You can't be selfish. The second thing he said is that honor isn't conceitedness. He says in Galatians chapter 5, the same writer, Paul, he says it like this, let us not become conceited, or in other words, don't be desirous of vain glory. You see, conceitedness defines a person who's ambitious for his own reputation. Listen to this. He challenges others to rivalry. Jealous and unwilling to fight excuse me, and willing to fight to prove his idea right. You ever know anybody like that? Just look in the mirror. It's actually two words put together in the Greek language. It's the, 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 the first word is a word that means empty. All right, now I want you to get this, all right? The first word means empty. The second word, listen to this, means opinion. The word conceit or conceited or conceitedness means Somebody who's got an empty opinion of themselves. Empty from the standpoint of there's no reason to have it. Y'all hear? (laughs) Romans chapter 12, verse 3, Paul even says that. Everybody loves Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, you know. But chapter 3, you should read on. The Bible says, don't consider yourself... I don't want to mess it up. Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. Ooh, ow, ouch Don't listen. We have a tendency to think so high of ourselves and to put ourselves up on a, 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 a stepping stone or a place or a... But that's what he said. Don't do that. Don't be conceited. Don't be selfish. Don't, don't have an empty, vain kind of mindset about yourself. Don't have an opinion about yourself that isn't true or that doesn't exist. In its essence, conceitedness is one thing. It's empty pride. Empty pride. And I'll tell you this. If you're going to consider others as more important than yourself, you will not be a person exhibiting pride at the same time that you're honoring somebody else. You want to know how to honor somebody else? You won't be a person who's selfish consistently all the time. Listen, I know how we are as human beings. There are going to be times when we are selfish. There are going to be times when we are conceited, but that will not be the constant going of our life. He said that's totally opposite of what honor is. 
In verse 4, he tells us another thing that honor isn't. Honor isn't focusing on my own personal interests. This is a little bit different. It kind of takes the two that I've already mentioned, selfishness and conceitedness, kind of wraps them up all into one. He uses the word look here, all right, to look. Don't look. Don't worry about yourself as much as you should worry about other people. This word look is an awesome word. It means to focus. It means to get a gaze on something and to not look away. To get your gaze, to get your focus on something else and to stay on that. He said, don't do that concerning your own things. Worry about other people. Be concerned about them. Lightfoot says it like this. To consult one's own interest. To fix the attention upon with a desire for an interest in. The Expositor's Greek New Testament says it this way. No party having, listen to this, an eye for its own interest alone, but also for the rest. Look into the interest of others, not just yourself. To fix your attention on with desire or for interest in. This word's used a lot in the New Testament, in fact. Romans chapter 16, it says, take note. That's another way to say it. Focus on, look at, take note of those who, listen to this, cause division. In Romans, uh, excuse me, Philippians chapter 3, he says, take note of those who are godly. Like there are some things we're supposed to focus on, but it's not supposed to be ourselves. Don't focus on you, because when you do, you'll not be able to focus on another. If you're going to consider others as more important than yourself, you will not be a person caught focusing constantly on self at the same time that you're honoring someone else. I told the 9 o'clock, and I'll just say it to you too. I uh, ministered to college kids for 10 years. And I used to say what I'm about to say all the time. I said, if you go out of this room thinking more of yourself than when you came in, I did something wrong. We live in a world where we want to be built up. And listen, I want to build you up. But sometimes building us up means looking at truly who we are. Do you know who you are? You say, Tom, selfishness and conceitedness and, 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 and putting somebody else first, that's hard for me. Then who are you? Because that's not what honor is. You say, well, what is honor? He tells us that too. Honor is basically two different things. The first thing that is is, is this. Honoring others is regarding or considering others is more important than yourself. That's what he says here in Philippians chapter 2. Honoring others is regarding others as more important than yourself. You say, Tom, what does that mean? What does it mean to, 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 uh, uh, to regard and honor? Well, you have to go back and look what he said first. He said in all humility. Let's just start there, okay? What does humility mean? The classical sense of the word until Christianity came on the scene, humility meant you're not much. That's what some people still think it means. That you have a lower rank. That there's some kind of character flaw in you, right? If you're a humble person, there's something wrong with you. That was the classical sense of the word. And at best, it meant that you could still be self-righteous or, 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 or talk about how 
good a person that you really are and still be considered humble. But the truth is, when Christianity came along, everything turned around. When Christianity came along, humility took on a different, different definition. He said, with all humility, consider others as more important than yourself. This Christian virtue wasn't around until the gospel came. This Christian virtue didn't know what humility was until Jesus himself came and died on a cross for us. This Christian virtue is based upon a correct estimate, listen to this, of our littleness. Our littleness. Do you realize how little you are? linked with a sense of sinfulness we're little because we're sinful now remember we said don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think like treat each other's way better than you treat yourself think of others before you think of yourself right you know why because you're little people would say tom that's not helping my self-confidence today sorry mine either You realize that when we preach, we preach to us. We're little. You know why? Because we're sinful. And if we realize how little we are, we treat each other differently. Amen. I'll amen myself. Catholic Archbishop Trent said it like this. He said, for the sinner, humility involves the confession of sin. Listen to this. Inasmuch as it involves the confession of his true condition that we are absolutely dependent on because we have nothing receiving all things from God. Listen, God himself knows how dependent we are. I don't think we know how dependent we are. We are little. We have nothing to boast to brag about. There's no reason for us to be selfish much less conceited because selfishness and conceitedness will cause us not to love the family of God and treat and honor them in the way that they deserve to be honored. A person who becomes humble is a person who realizes in and of himself who or she really is, a sinner saved by grace and capable literally of every sin under heaven apart from the grace of God. Humility is just realizing how little we really are so i'm gonna ask again do you really know how little you are he says regard one another count one another better than yourself to counter regard it's a conscious sure judgment resting on a careful weighing of the facts and what are the facts i'm little all right Like, I'm going to make a conscious, intentional judgment to say that other people deserve to be treated better than me. Listen, I know that's not what we are saying as Americans. We wonder why we're not treated better. I deserve more. You deserve hell. So do I. Some of you have versions that say the word esteem. 
To esteem something is a belief that rests not on one's inner feelings or sentiment, but on the due consideration of external grounds, on the weighing or the considering of facts. Listen, here's the fact. I'm little because I'm sinful. All of us are sinful. We, we don't deserve anything at all. So let's not put ourselves up. Let's put other people up. You say, Tom, you got a, a proof for all this, huh? Just we're getting there. We'll get there. The second thing you need to know, here's what honor is. We actually find it in Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Honoring others means being as devoted to them as you are to your own blood family and preferring them over myself. Did, did you hear that? Honoring other people means being as devoted to them as you are to your own blood family and preferring others over myself. Romans 12.10, here's what Paul writes. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Here's what I want to show you today. He said, in brotherly love, be devoted to one another. There are basically two words in the first part of that sentence. The first word are two original words put together. It was the word, is anybody here from Philadelphia? Any Philadelphians here? This is, oh, amen. We had one in the last service too. All right, had two actually. All right, here's the deal. It actually says in the, in the scripture, Philadelphia here. You know why? Brotherly love, right? Brotherly love. He said, in fondness to each other. Listen to what he said. Be devoted. This word be, be devoted was two words put together too. The first part was the phileo part, which is part of Philadelphia. But the second part wasn't Adelphos, as in Philadelphia, but it was the word storge. Storge was one of four ways Love was described in the New Testament, actually three ways. One of them is not in the New Testament, but was in the, the writings at the time. Storge, listen to this, was family love. It's the kind of love that I have for my parents and my kids and, 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 and my aunts and uncles. It's family love. Remember what I said when I first started? That's my family. This is my family. You're my family. He said in brotherly love, be devoted to each other. And that, that, that even though you aren't blood family, you are still family. That's who you are. Be devoted to each other. Say, Tom, what does that look like? My brother and I used to work together. My dad had a, had a business and my brother and I worked. And I, 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 I ran the... The, the, the front part, which was the part, um, the manufacturing part, my brother ran the shipping part, which was in the back. We were brothers. Just saying. Anybody got a brother? My brother's two years younger than me. Sometimes he didn't realize he was the younger brother. He said sometimes I didn't realize he was the smarter brother. But we fought. I mean, there would be times when we would be like chest to chest, right? Because we're brothers. Like, we, like we're saying it all. Like we're getting it out. And, we're, and then the bell would ring and I'd go, let's go to lunch. You know why? Because that's what family does. They're devoted to each other. Nothing's going to shake. 
Some of you say, well, you know, in my family, that's really not the way it happens. Then somebody wasn't devoted. Just saying. Being devoted, listen to this, looks like this. The word here represents Christians as bound by a family tie. Listen to this. It means love the brethren in the faith as though they were brethren in blood. You should turn to somebody next to you and say, hey, brother. Hey, sister. You are family. That's who you are. And you know what family does? They honor. They honor each other. He goes on to say, in honor, preferring one another. This word prefer means to go before, to lead. One going after another is an example of deference. You give them deference over, over yourself. Leading the way and showing the honor that is due. Listen to this. Being readier than the other to recognize and honor God's gifts in another brother. To outdo the other in honor. Let me ask you this. Who are you outdoing? In this faith family, who are you outdoing? Are you more ready than somebody else to honor them? To bring them up? Not that you have to be up. Anybody ever watch Andy Griffith? If you're under 40, probably not. All right. Okay, here, here's the deal. I'm... I, after the last service, a guy came up to me and told me I got the names wrong, so I don't even know what the names were, to be honest with you. I was little, okay? So stick with me here. I thought it was Gomer. Turns out it was Barney, okay? Barney was going to go on a date. I, I think it was Barney, so if I'm wrong, just let me believe I'm not, okay? Um, Barney was going to go on a date with his girlfriend for the first time, Thelma Lou. Is anybody with me on that? All right, do you remember that episode? All right, and so they're standing in the living room, and then they get in the car, and they're on a double date with, with Andy and his girlfriend, right? And, and so they're in the back seat. It might have been actually before they got in the car. I think they may have been arguing about this before they got in the car. But, but basically, Barney's looking at her going, where do you want to go? And she said, wherever you want to go. Where do you want to go, Barney? Oh, I want to go wherever you want to go. Where do you want to go, Thelma Lou? I want to go wherever you want to go. Where do you want to go? 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 And after a while... Andy's like, stop! What if that was us? What if that were the Hope family? Like, I care more about what you want than I care about what I want. I care more about what you desire more than I care about what I desire. Am I readier than anybody else to do something for somebody, to be there for them, to pray for them, to put them on a higher level? Am I ready for that? Is, is, is that what I'm trying to do? Am I trying to honor them? Am I trying to show them that I love them? Is, am I giving them deference or reference, reverence today? Am, am, is that a pattern of my life? Because honor isn't selfishness, it isn't conceitedness. It isn't putting your own things above somebody else. It's treating them like they're in the family. It's preferring them over you. It's wanting for them more than you want for you. That's what honor is. Have you done that? Are you doing that? Is that a consistent pattern of your life?
That's what honor is. Question number two, why should I do it? You know, motivation's a, a, a big deal, you know? People tell me I need to lose weight. I don't believe them. They don't know how happy I am right now. But I'll promise you this. When I start to lose weight, it'll be because I'm motivated. And the reason I'm motivated is because there's a reason. Like, why has been answered. So when we start to say, why should I honor somebody? It's really simple. This is the shortest of all points ever. Why? Because that's what Jesus is like. You see, when he died on the cross, so did I. When he was raised from the dead, my life became real. His life is my life. I don't have my life. If that's what he's like, then listen, then that's what I'm supposed to be like, right? If that's what he's like, why am I opposite of him? If honoring people is what he did, if, if humbling himself is what he did, why is it difficult for me? That's a question we'll all have to answer individually, right? My identity's in Jesus. His life is my life. My actions don't mimic him. Pastor Vance said last week, it's not comparison to Jesus. It's conformity to him. I'm not trying to do what he did. I'm letting him do it through me. That's why we honor others. Why should we honor others? Because that's what Jesus does. That's what he is. That's what we should be. So what does that look like, Pastor? Like, what am I supposed to do? And that's the third question today. How do I honor other people? How do I honor others? How do I do that? What does that look like? This is going to be hard, tough, okay? You ready? I must die. You say, Tom, you talking physically? No. I mean, maybe. Persecution, maybe. But for us, no, probably not. Spiritually. You got to die spiritually. In fact, I only picked two. There's more than that. But two verses in the Bible kind of give us this. Galatians 2, 20 and 21 says this. I've been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. I've been crucified. It's no longer me who's alive. It's God who's alive. It's Jesus who's alive, right? Luke 9, 23 says this. If, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. That take up his cross part literally is death. In other words, you could say, let him deny himself, die daily, and follow me. You're going to have to die. Die to you. Die to your hopes, your dreams, your wishes, your plans. Your selfishness. Your conceitedness. Who you really are is going to have to die. But the problem is, the reason we got so much trouble honoring each other because we haven't died. We still like us a whole lot. Look with me in Philippians chapter 2. I just want to prove this and we'll be done. 
Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8, here's what the greatest example of humility, of honoring another person looks like. You ready? This one, I, I think we have this one for the screen. Here, listen. Have this attitude in yourselves that was also in Christ Jesus who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man. Listen to this. Here it is again. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. You want to know what true humility looks like? You want to know what true honor looks like? Jesus. This guy was God. Still is. But he was God. He emptied himself. He did not become God. But he looked at himself as though he wasn't for us. He didn't consider it a thing to be grasped. He didn't go, wait a minute, why am I having to die? I'm God. He said, Father, not your will, um, not my will, but yours. That's what honor looks like. That's what true humility looks like. The, empty of, uh, the emptying of self. And not only that, the, the choice of becoming humble, not being made to be humble. Let me give you a couple examples of what that could look like here at Hope. Now, I don't want us to confuse serving with honoring others, okay? Sometimes when we talk about honoring people, people go straight to the, well, I'm going to serve them. Well, it, they can cross over, but understand that you can serve other people without actually honoring them. People do it all the time. I'll serve you, but I don't want to. I think I'm better, smarter, better looking but I'm going to serve you. That's not honor, okay? We're going to study serving in a couple of weeks, so let's don't get caught up into that. But I want to show you a couple of things or examples of what this is. And I want you to know this isn't an, ex an exhaustive list, okay? So there are other things not on here that we could do. I'm just giving you some, okay? When you come on Sunday, are you looking for the best parking space or the one that's farthest away? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I've always noticed there's a lot of parking spaces in the corner. Just saying. Are you looking for the best seat or are you making sure that others have the best seat? Woo! Saved it. <clears throat> Got it. All right. I don't care. I love it right here. This is my seat. Are you thinking, I don't like that style of music? So I'm not going to participate. In fact, I may come in late on purpose. Are you glad the person sitting next to you loves that music? Understand, as you look around this room, no, we don't like the same kinds of music. I don't even know some of the stuff my kids, I, I'm scared. 
Do you leave thinking that wasn't for me, or do you think, I wonder what God did in somebody else's life? You say, man, Tom, I mean, you know, the sermon is okay. But are you saying, man, I wonder who God